In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Hello and welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. Glad to have you back on the show. I'm Ben George. They are Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. Today we're talking about that emotion that takes over a lot of times when you're talking about money. Of course, we're talking about greed. So today on the show, we're going to talk about how you can recognize your own voice of greed, kind of run through some thoughts you might have, some common thoughts that people have, and, and tell you how you can fight against that so that you don't go down the wrong path with your money. So a good show for you today. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. How's it going? We're doing good. Hey, it's going well. Yeah, we've turned the corner on winter. Yes, oh. we have. Yeah, it's only another week and we've got spring. So 50 degrees here. We're, we're happy. We're excited. Yeah, thank goodness. I know uh, I like the longer days with the time change. Hey, if they had a bill passed or they're trying to pass the bill that would erase the daylight savings time, which I'm, yeah, I'm I think that's for. probably a smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Especially if you travel, that would be a pain. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. And it just time changes, just it throws you off, especially when you have kids, you, you realize it even more. But um, mm-hmm. I know the other thing that a lot of people are talking about right now uh, in the news, obviously, is what's going on internationally. So with everything that's happening sure. in Russia and Ukraine, what are you what are you guys watching and what are you talking about with your clients? Yeah, so it, 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 that's very true, too, Ben. So, you know, the next fear is, is China and how that's going to impact the U.S. You know, so the question is, will the Russian sanctions lead China to sell U.S. debt? Well, investors fear that since China wants control of Taiwan, would they use this as an opportunity to take it? So even if China doesn't invade, what if it sells its $1.1 trillion in U.S. government debt to avoid financial retaliation? Well, it would cause interest rates to soar, um, but would our economy suffer? According to chief economist um, Brian Westbury, he's a chief economist with First Trust, that fear is likely unwarranted. So since I'm not an economist, I'm just going to talk about some of the things that he mentioned. So uh, we look at inflation, and yes, inflation and Fed tightening are likely to push interest rates up in the next few years, but this is what the market should focus on. That's pretty much their job. Now, not whether there's a potential sell-off of U.S. debt, which would have very little impact. So first of all, if we look at total U.S. debt, it's about $30 trillion. If China sold all its debt, it's only about 3.5% of all U.S. debt. So stock markets wouldn't like it on the day that it happens, but it would be temporary. Secondly, if China sells treasury debt, they get dollars. Well, what would they buy? Well, maybe euros. Then whomever it swaps with will get the dollars. What will they do with those dollars? Well, if China's sale of bonds drives up rates, whoever gets the dollar will likely buy U.S. bonds, which means the result is no fewer dollars or bonds in the world. And if China's government does sell our debt, that doesn't mean that everyone in China will or the rest of the world for that matter. China doesn't buy our debt because they're nice guys. They buy our debt because it's safe and we've never defaulted. So if China did invade Taiwan, yes, it would be a terrible event. But the fear that China hurting our economy by selling our debt is overblown. It's such a very small percentage of our debt. So you can rest rest with that, uh, listeners. Yeah, that's good to good to know, and definitely something uh, that people will be watching and paying attention to over uh, the next few weeks, months, and and who knows how long. You know, it could be on our radar, but probably not going away anytime soon. So, uh, if you have questions for Barbara and Phil, again, you can find them uh, at, at pathfinderadvisory.com dot um, and pathfinderchat.com as well. 
uh, is the best place to get in touch with them. So if you have anything on your mind, start there, pathfinderchat.com, schedule that meeting. All right, let's jump into uh, today's conversation on on greed. And, you know, when it comes to our money, there's going to be several different voices inside our head. Of course, you're going to have this voice of greed, probably going to have the voice of fear pop up from time to time. And then hopefully the voice of wisdom will creep in there occasionally as well. So I want to look at some things from the voice of greed today and and talk about how we can recognize this and then push back against it. So the first one here today is is when the market's going well, and and right now the market's been very volatile, but when things start to turn around and go positive again, and, and we have a nice, long, steady growth period, you always start to think, hey, this is a good time to maybe invest a little more aggressively and really take advantage of that growth. Yeah, Ben, it's kind of funny because, uh, uh, yeah, the market was doing well. I mean, it's just up yesterday. Again, today, it looks like, but yeah, it has been very volatile. Um, But there's a couple of points that I want to make. And one is we don't know the age of our listeners because I did uh, talk with a guy that that reminded me back in 2020, right after COVID hit, he was in his 30s and he was listening to our podcast and he just wanted to... uh, you know, he just wanted to know about basic investing and how he should invest and what he should, some of the things he should do just as far as the financial planning. So it was, it was a good conversation. So I'm going to uh, make two different points here. And the first one is if you're young, let's say your 20s to your 50s, you can invest pretty aggressively because you have time on your side and compound interest. So for example, let's take a 40-year-old and then a 60-year-old. The 40-year-old invests $10,000 at, let's say, a 10% return, which is an aggressive return. And in 25 years at retirement, that person would have, without adding any more money, they'd have $108,000. So they doubled their money three and a half times. Now you take a 60-year-old that invests $10,000, the same aggressive return, 10%. And when they retire in six years, they'd have $17,000. So when, when you're close to retirement, you don't have time for your money to compound. That $10,000 never even doubled once. So therefore, if you're young, understand your risk, but that's when you want to uh, invest aggressively and leave it, no matter the highs or lows of the market. Now, secondly, if you're close to retiring or you have retired, it's generally a good idea to invest more dollars. Sounds like you'd already be an investor. Invest more dollars, but not necessarily more aggressively. You have to remember as you get closer to retirement, you don't want to have a significant drop in account value. When people ask me, when's a good time to invest? It's always now. It's now, yeah. you know, no matter what's going on in the markets, whether they're up or down, because to wait means that you could be sitting on the sidelines for days, weeks, months before getting back in. You've already missed opportunities, and that's market timing. Since no one can predictably time the market, if you have uh, money to invest, just invest it, provided you don't need immediate access to it. Then that's a subject for another time. But if you're an investor, continue investing just like you've been. Well, one of the saddest things we see, Barb, often people will come into the office and uh, uh, they'll show us their portfolio. And and it's obvious to us that they've underfunded their retirement. They waited too long before they started putting money in. And mm-hmm. then they want us to do something about it. Can't they invest more aggressively Well, now? yeah, they want us to go ahead and put it into aggressive investments. And of mm-hmm. course, they would compound a problem. And so, yeah, it's it's important that you have to understand that, you know, if you do wait too long, you know, time will no longer be on your side. That's right. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, you have to pay attention to and, and not be too greedy on. The market is, is definitely one that pushes mm-hmm. all of your emotions, uh, like even on a day-to-day basis. Hopefully not mm-hmm. if you have a plan, but it can for sure if you let it. 
All right. I know we like to talk about watching TV and the media and listening to those uh, those experts on uh, television or on online, wherever it is you get your news. But let's say you're watching CNBC and you start to hear one of the pundits really get in on a, an investment or a stock or whatever it is. And you think, hey, he really knows what he's talking about. Maybe I should follow his advice really quickly before everyone else figures it out, too. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a sign of greed. This is a yeah. This is a great example of uh, of greed popping up. And uh, so, what's going on in our head? And and I'm probably guilty of doing this too, as most people are of of thinking those thoughts. Well, I call it fuzzy logic, <laughs> and we need to unpack it. And I've got three points here that I want to make about uh, this particular thought that that popped up. So, fuzzy fuzzy logic number one is the you know the guy says, hey, um, he seems to know what what he's talking about. Well. Now, he may have a degree from one of the Ivy League schools and sound and look good, smells good, parts his hair right. But wait, didn't a guy named Bernie Madoff speak mm. with that kind, of, that kind of authority? Mm-hmm. You talk about credibility. Wow. When he'd appear on TV, you know, you could see that, you know, this guy oozed credibility. He was at one time the chairman of the Nasdaq Stock Exchange right. and even conned the, the regulators with his charm and charisma, his very winning ways and his connections, his special insights. He was able to do something no other financial advisor could do. And that leads to my second point. And this is fuzzy logic number two. You should follow his advice quickly before everybody else figures it out too. That sounds like fear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Fear. Well, it, it could be fear, but it's more like greed. Yes. Bernie had the magic touch and we were able to detect, and he was able to detect those investments that paid 12% return in a 4% world. Now, think about that for a second. Does that sound normal? Is that something that the ordinary human being can do? Well, he did it before anyone else could. So the end result was a $65 billion Ponzi scheme. Yeah. So if it sounds too good, it probably is. His clients had no clue how he could outperform the market, but their greed took over and they wanted to get on board the boat before it sailed away without him. Time is of the instance in these schemes. And you've seen that happen before, Ben, where they say, well, you know, there's only five more minutes before this uh, opportunity to buy this product is going to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the message is, you know, if you snooze, you lose. So it's the fear of loss, isn't it? And that's part of greed. Here's the fact that protects you from this fuzzy logic thinking in number two here. If you hear it in the media, as well as one million other listeners, it's not a ground floor opportunity anymore. Right. It's not new news. It's not new news. It's all new. It's old news. So uh, my last point is fuzzy logic. Number three. Well, the guy is on CNBC, so they wouldn't allow a flim flam guy on that gets it wrong. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) it's a fact that every one of those talking heads who appear on these shows making predictions now are nothing more than sophisticated gamblers. And they could be speculating with your money. In fact, they could actually be intentionally misleading the public in order to move the markets in favor of their friends and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say it ain't so. Yeah. It happens all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. So as the proverb says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but he who gathers little by little will increase it. Yeah. Don't be greedy. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, the guy on CNBC is being paid to advertise what he's pushing. Good or bad for you, it it really doesn't matter. But that's by no means sound advice or good advice for you. I think about Jim Cramer. You know, he has has just as many disclosures (laughs) at the beginning. (laughs) Yep beginning and the end of his program, you know, um, of the stocks that he's pushing. So it's pure speculation. I would say, look for a fiduciary advisor, 
one who's holistic to help you in all areas of retirement, assuming you're wanting sound advice for you, not, not just advice for the general public. And remember that anyone you see and hear on TV has an agenda. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask yourself what's in it for him. There's nothing free out there. So my advice is don't invest it your money if you don't know what you're getting into or for how long. Yeah. I say about those public forums, if you're getting your information off a huge public forum like that, well, it's, it's too late. So just be aware of that when you're hearing these things. There might be some good information to pick up, but oh, yes. not a great mm-hmm. place to get stock tips uh, usually. So right. always, again, work with your advisor too. Do you all have people bring ideas to you all the time? Like, hey, I heard this on CNBC yes. or whatever. What do you think? Yeah, they do. I, you know, I shouldn't say all the time, but uh, you know, once in a while you do. Yeah. You know, what do you think about, well, certainly the Bitcoin has been questions, a number of, that, a number of questions about that. But um yeah, so from time to time, they'll ask us questions like that. Well, you know, I think the biggest uh, question is asked is the one they hear uh, from the conspiracy people out there, hmm. that the world is crashing tomorrow and that they need to get into something before the Armageddon. And uh, Oh, gold. Yeah, Lately, gold yes, that's true. Yeah. Bitcoin, whatever. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the, it's the apocalypse du jour yeah. is what we call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, beware. Gold definitely making a comeback in 2022 for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about moving our money around. It takes us to our next uh, time when greed starts to pop in. And it does right now in this high inflationary period that we're in. You know, you have that money set aside in your emergency fund, which you know you need to have, but it isn't making you any money. So you start to think, hey, maybe I should invest this money instead of having it in the bank collecting dust. Mm. Well, you know, this sounds like me to my clients, I have to say. However, I do always ask what their comfort level is with their emergency money. When they've got a comfortable amount, then they can invest the rest. But it doesn't have to be invested in a in a uh, you know an aggressive account. It can be invested conservatively. Um, you want to just stay ahead of inflation. So I have a uh, in fact only a handful of my clients are actually invested aggressively. But your money's working for you instead of you know staying ahead of inflation instead of getting basically nothing in the bank. In the bank, you're making nothing, so you're actually going backwards with purchasing power. If we look at last year and the next couple of years' predictions of what inflation is going to be around six or seven percent, you know you're you're basically losing money safely. But I had a client come in this year and they had sold their house a year ago. They had three hundred thousand dollars that was still sitting in their checking account. So until I brought it up, which I, I regularly do, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, she told me she knew that they needed to do something about it. They just kind of let it sit and hadn't done anything. And here, here goes by a whole year. Mm. And they knew there was no benefit in keeping it in the bank. So, yes, they, they did invest it. But I would say with an emergency fund, you don't want to invest all of that. No, you do want to keep it for an emergency, three to six months of income, whatever your comfort level is. But, you know, get the rest of the money working for you. Well, you and I, Barb, have both seen, uh, we, we've both seen clients that, you know, have a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars sitting in, in a money market account mm-hmm. at the bank or whatever, because they have fear of the, of the stock market. And of course, uh, there ain't new for your lunch in life. One of the things that we know is that if you put money in a bank, you basically lose uh, your purchasing power through something right. called inflation. Right. And uh, the whole idea of accumulating resources is so that you can buy stuff when it comes time to buy. Well, if you're buying fewer and fewer things because your money is eroding, because it's sitting in the bank, then that's a loss as well. You're going backwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we know it's important to have that money there, but it can it can be mm-hmm. tempting in times like this to to want to invest it. But again, be patient. All right, uh, last one here on our list of recognizing greed. We want to save money, right? That's that's always a goal. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty good saver, but. Sometimes it's not always in your best interest long term. And and that's our last one here. You know, when you think about 
hey, I don't want to give away my hard-earned money. I'm just going to do it myself rather than hiring an advisor and spending my money on them to help me. Ben, I remember years ago, I used to go musky fishing with my father-in-law and his buddies up to northern Wisconsin. And for years, we would go up and spend a whole week on a beautiful musky producing lake, just beating the water with our big lures and producing exactly nothing. Didn't catch any fish. They were having a great time calling it fishing, but I called it a waste of time. At one, one point at the end of this one of these productive, unproductive trips, I said to these guys, you know, this is nuts. You know, I'm going to go ahead and hire a guide. What do you think the response was? You don't need one. You don't need one. <laughs> they laughed and said, oh, no, guides are too expensive. Right. At which point I responded by saying, what do you think years of not catching fish has been? Yeah, isn't your timer <laughs> or something? Yeah. So I connected <laughs> with one of the world's most renowned musky guides, Tony Rizzo, who's passed away now. He's a good friend of mine, but did a great job in it took me three years to book a date with Tony. He was so booked up on his fishing clients. So from that day forward, for the next 20 years that I hired Tony, we caught muskies, big ones, sometimes as many as four to six a day, Barb. In fact, wow. you know, the saying goes that it takes 10,000 casts to catch one muskie. Well, we were catching four to six a day. That's was amazing. it costly? Yeah, it was costly, but it was worth it, right? You got it. So as the old saying goes, some people know the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. And so that was an example of it. Well, what about trying to convince someone uh, like a do-it-yourself or to hire an advisor? Well, my mother had a saying that went like this. Uh, those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. That's a very good one. Yeah. So we're not trying to change the mind of a do-it-yourselfer, but we only work with those people who know that they don't know and they need help. Well, what about the advisor fee? One of my favorite heroes in the industry uh, was a guy named Red Adair. He was in the oil industry. He was a renowned oil well firefighter. And you probably saw him uh, being portrayed as John Wayne on one of those movies. He was a master of the blowout technique where they used dynamite <laughs> to put out, snuff out these, these big oil well fires. Well, when people would push back on his prices, he would say, hey, you think hiring an expert uh, is expensive? Try hiring an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so as the proverb says, without counsel, plans fail and you need good advisors, but they have to be the right kind of advisors, right? To succeed in your investments. Right. Professionals. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Phil, there are some people that are do-it-yourselfers and we see that and they always will be. Um, and if that's their comfort level, then that's fine. Um, but I, my question is, have you ever heard the saying, you don't know what you don't know? Oh, yes. Yep. And mm -hmm. that's true with retirement planning. You know, if I if we just look at one area of retirement planning, which is taxes, very seldom do we meet someone that knows how to save money on taxes in retirement. You know, during your working years, you know, you don't have a choice in how you take income. You know, you work, you get a paycheck. During your retirement years, you do. And what I mean by that is taking income so that it's the least taxable to you. So the question is, you know, if you have a large IRA account, how are you taking advantage of the low taxing environment that we're in today to reduce that tax bill later? We see that there being five areas in uh, retirement planning that are equally important, you know, which are investments and risk, your income and estate plan, you know, protection from long-term illness, tax planning. And how do you know if you are getting the most up-to-date information? You know, when you do go Google searches on things, you know, you don't, you have to look at those dates and, mm -hmm. you know, it, maybe it might even be correct uh, mis misinformation, wrong dates, et cetera. But since the tax laws changed in 2018, I have seen maybe a handful of people that are taking advantage of this low taxing environment. And the reason being is that they don't know. They so, have no idea, no clue. Yeah. So then now you're giving your hard earned money away to unnecessary taxes. Yeah. It's, 
you know, you, you think about the short term. Hey, I'm going to save some money, but over the long term, you don't know how much you're actually costing yourself. So, it's all it's so important to kind of keep that in mind and keep that long term perspective with everything you do, especially with your finances. So these are just some areas where greed might pop in, but it is an emotion that's very prevalent with our money, right? So it's why we also mm-hmm. want to rely on our retirement income planning specialists like Barbara and Phil to help us through these things and to keep us grounded and to kind of make sure we don't go down that that greedy path um, you know, when we see these things or think these things. So again, if you have questions for Barbara or Phil, want to discuss this a little bit further or just begin your planning process, you can always do that by logging on to pathfinderchat.com and you can schedule a meeting right there from the website. All right, Barbara and Phil, we do appreciate it. We'll also keep an eye on things uh, internationally and, and make sure we get updates from you as needed, but we do appreciate your time today. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. Keep the questions coming. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.